Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm editor Candace Gibson, joined today by, surprise, surprise, Josh Clark. Surprise. Surprise. How's it going? It's going, it's actually, I don't know, I'm feeling kind of chilly willy because I was reading about this really freaky deaky guy from history and it Rasputin, you know. yeah, the mad monk. Yeah, yeah, he's a pretty interesting character, isn't he? Interesting doesn't even begin to describe him. I want to tell, let me tell everybody about him. Well, I could tell them a little bit too. Okay, I'll ask you a question and then you answer it. How about that? Since I know all the answers, that you will do. be fine. You are me. a wise that old sage. Fine. You're no Rasputin though. So let me tell you a little bit about Nor this guy. Nor am I old. He, uh, okay, you're a wise sage. So Rasputin was basically this guy who was born in Siberia uh, in the late 19th century. Uh, I don't know if he was actually born with that really long beard or not, or <laughs> if he cultivated it over the years, but it was his trademark, right? Uh, actually, that really greasy hair and apparently a terrible body odor. Those were the three things that most people who met Rasputin remembered about sorry, him. The body odor, the beard, and the third one. Very greasy hair. Very greasy. What was very. the third? Very greasy hair. <laughs> the hair, the beard, the, the beard. body odor, and very greasy hair. I had to take that's issue. Three. I say that there's a fourth. Oh, well, his, there's plenty of others. His hypnotic eyes. Yeah, he did have some uh, pretty serious eyes. I looked at a few pictures of him in our uh, colleague Kristen Conger's article, um, and I didn't see it. I didn't get it. You know, I, mean, I was not hypnotized. Although, I do feel like really talking the guy up all of a sudden. It's well, weird. Yeah, they were, they were strangely hypnotic, people said, and he went on. Decades later to influence Holland Oates' private eyes. Did you know that? I didn't. Are you serious? No. Oh, I was going to say, I've even seen Holland Oates in concert and I didn't know that. Wow. You got me there, Candace. I know. Well, well, this guy, uh, he didn't start out influencing Holland Oates, all right? You know, he kind of worked his way up. He was a peasant in Actually, Siberia. He worked his way down, really. How so? He started out by influencing the royal family of Russia, the right. Romanov he dynasty. Didn't, but, but again, he didn't start out there. He worked his way up to that. Okay, fair he, enough. He's a peasant in Siberia, and he made his, his, a name for himself out there in the rural areas as a um, uh, basically a healer, kind of a mystic healer. Right. Um, and apparently he was pretty good at it because he gained a reputation. He had some sort of religious conversion. I think he was an ordinary, average guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he went to kind of a pilgrimage to a monastery. Didn't become a monk, but I guess after he came back from that trip, he was, he was a changed man. And... This is where things got a little bit strange because the people here practiced a really strange form of, of religious, I don't even know what you would call it, but it was flagellation essentially. They'd get together for group flagellation, which means essentially they would beat themselves silly. And then they would commence, um, to have orgies. Yeah. The, yeah, the, the, the flagellation, the self-flagellation would whip people into an orgiastic frenzy. The, Killists uh, were, were the Kalisi were, was the sect, and the Killists were the adherents. Right, and the thought being that in order to attain salvation, you had to sin and essentially push it out of you. Right, you expressed it, yes. and, and others helped, uh, if you will. Uh, you they helped in that expression. 
that this made a huge impact on Rasputin. One of the other things he was very much known for was that he was just a very sexual being, uh, to the point where he's often, you know, uh, called debaucherous. Uh, he was really into sex. Apparently, he was attributed with having sex with uh, over a thousand women, if not more, in his lifetime. And from the accounts that I've read, that sounds like a fairly accurate number, right? Um, so he carries this with him to St. Petersburg. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but he was actually uh, visited by the Black Madonna of Kazan, uh, who appeared to Rasputin and said, hey, um, you, you got a lot going for you, buddy. You've got the greasy hair, the beard. Uh, you're a sexy guy. Uh, take take the show on the road to St. Petersburg. And he did. And he shows up there, and this is when it really becomes history. Right. This is when he got welcomed into the inner circle of the Romanovs. And at first, he was sort of, you know, an accessory to the court. But then he really started to exert his influence because the Romanovs' only son and only male heir, Alexis, was a hemophiliac, and he was very ill. And so he was able to somehow mysteriously heal him, Mm -hmm. or at least help the pain subside. And that's when Alexandra was just utterly taken with him. And her faith in Rasputin's powers were completely clenched when a couple of years later, Alexis fell off a horse mm-hmm. and he began to start bleeding profusely. And Rasputin wasn't actually at the Romanov's home, but he tele, he telegraphed her. Is that a, a verb? It can be I'm now. so far removed from it's that your, time. It's your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he sent her a telegraph essentially saying, He's going to be okay. And you know what? He was. He was. Yeah, apparently he uh, sent a message saying that Alexis would survive the night, and he did. So, you know, Tsarina Alexandra's uh, devotion to Rasputin was just completely cemented then. Uh, and so he's into the inner circle. He's taken his, um, his uh, killist sex show to St. Petersburg. Apparently he is whining and dining all of the the Russian women, including the Tsarina and her four daughters, I understand. Yes. So he's just gaining more and more power and as he is, the uh the peripheral nobility are just you know, getting more and more nervous. Right, because essentially he is able to completely like puppet master. Mm-hmm. The Zarina, and to a certain extent her husband, the Tsars, are Nicholas, because he wants to please his wife, obviously. And so the prime minister decides that he just needs to take Rasputin out. Yeah, well, this is, this is where my question comes from. Um, I understand that there was a plot, uh, of Felix Yosipov, who, uh, was married into the royal family, uh, married one of Nicholas's niece, nieces, um, and he carried out this plot. He planned it, hatched it to kill Rasputin. That much we know is fact. I mean, the guy wrote about it and very much confessed it, and everybody knew. Um, the the my question comes from how Rasputin died. As I understand, he he died kind of hard, uh, and and it took all manner of death to uh, finally take him down. Is that fact or fiction? That's fact. Oh yeah. And that was back in December nineteen. 19- 16. And years before, there were other attempts on his life. The prime minister attempted to have him killed. Mm-hmm. And then mysteriously, somehow, someone got word of this, and the prime minister himself was killed. And some people think that Nicholas arranged that to yeah, help his wife. I've heard it. So he survived at least one assassination attempt. No. Too. Oh, really? Yep. Wow. Yep, that's true. Well, tell me about the second one. Well, um, a woman tried to take him out and shot him in the stomach, 
Mm. And he survived that. I'm actually surprised that that didn't happen more often. Like, I'm surprised that it wasn't like an average Tuesday for Rasputin. Well, the peasants hated him yeah. because they saw that the royal family, you know, who they were already pretty wary of in the first place, was being completely yanked around by this guy. One woman from Petrograd, I read this and I just kind of fell in love with it. She wrote, how could so pitiful a wretch throw so vast a shadow? Mm. And that was the question on everyone's minds. And people were really mad about Rasputin's power. At dinner parties, um, a well-known socialite was known to have hung up signs around her home saying, no one will talk about Rasputin. Wow. And when his name was flashed in newspapers, apparently the censors wanted to control people's outrage. So they went through and just threw ink all over it. And it was actually called caviar, these big black blots that essentially took out all of the information about Rasputin. So, yeah. So, he was very insulated by the people in power. Oh, very much so. I gotcha. And when World War I really started gearing up, Nicholas had to leave for the front lines mm-hmm. to help out with the army. Mm-hmm. So, by default, Alexander was in power. And because Rasputin was pretty likely sleeping with her and also controlled her mentally, yeah. uh, she allowed him to appoint people in positions of power. And they paid him off, essentially. So, here he is making money, loving life, skipping all these attempts of murder because he's able to somehow miraculously heal after all these strange efforts. But then one night in December, it's just too much. And this is when the man you spoke of, Yusupov, invites him over for drinks and pastries to gaze upon his beautiful wife. Poisoned drinks and pastries. That's the hitch. They were completely laced with poison. But they didn't kill him. Well, you know, I read uh, I read elsewhere that um, apparently Rasputin had refused the the drinks and pastries at first, and Yosipov freaks out and he leaves the room uh, to find out what to do with his cohorts. Comes back and Rasputin's eating them anyway and drinking them. So yeah, but what happened with the poison? I mean. It didn't work. Oh yeah. It didn't work, and so finally, everyone's just so frustrated they they shoot him. Really? Dead. Wow. Only not dead. Wow. Yeah, they leave the room. So wait, 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 wait. wait I know, it's going to get really confusing, okay, but you're, fabulous. Yeah, let me, let me lay this out. You're saying that he ate poison pastry, I mm-hmm. think it was, drank poison wine. Mm-hmm. There was no effect, mm-hmm. and now he's shot. He's shot. And what's he doing? He's not dead. He's not dead. They come back to check on him, and they lean over, and like I can see this happening in my mind, and it just gives me goosebumps. All of a sudden, his eyes fly open. And they're bright green. Wow. And so they're kind of panicked. And at this point, Rasputin makes a run for it. And so they catch him in the backyard. They shoot him a couple more times. And they start beating him with the club. (laughs) Then they tie him in a sheet and throw his body in a river. And it gets worse because I know my voice is getting all high-pitched and speaking. It gets worse because when they find him, his right arm is extended. Presumably, he was making the sign of the cross. But he was all tied up, so somehow he wiggled himself free, and there was a hole in his forehead, so they thought maybe that's what killed him. But when they did the autopsy, they found that it wasn't that shot that killed him. It was probably hypothermia from the cold water. And what's more, the medical examiner didn't find a single trace of poison in Rasputin's body. Okay, so poisoned, shot in the back, shot again, shot in the head. Clubbed. Clubbed. Tied up. Drowned. And he dies of hypothermia. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that wild? But again, like, that's still kind of fishy in the annals of history. And, um, it's, it's just such a salacious story. And there were rumors that these men even castrated him before they, I had they heard tossed that, him actually, into the river. 
Yeah. And now you have a smile on your face. Castration makes Actually, you smile yes, like that, doesn't it? His, he, he apparently, the, the castrated uh, part made its way around the world in underground auctions, that kind of thing. Finally came uh, came to light in the 80s. Uh, a British heiress bought it, had it tested, turned out to be a sea cucumber. So that may have not happened, actually. Yeah. Well, who knows? But and then in the late uh, 2000s, I keep saying, and then and then there's more. There's more, y'all. Well, Hang is, on. This is a pretty um, big story. Um, apparently, the British may have had something to do with Rasputin's murder and the plot to kill him, because as things were heating up with Germany and the Allied forces, they knew that if Russia could somehow be distracted with Germany on one side of the country, Germany wouldn't be bothering the Allied forces as much, so they take out Rasputin to provoke controversy everywhere, and no one knows it's the British. Hmm. But that didn't really pan out so much. People don't really believe those theories. They have pretty much pinned it on this fateful night in December. But he did take, it did take all that to kill him, you're saying? It did. Wow. It absolutely did. That is impressive. Rasputin, an impressive guy all around. You can learn so much more about him. There's there's beardfuls more to read about this man. And you can find out everything you need to know and how did Rasputin really die on HowStuffWorks.com. 